had hopes that my Mystery Machine Hot Wheels car was going to be in that box. Oh. That's why I'm noodling around in there. I see. But I found my Robocop on fire. That's fine. That's better than nothing. Things to look forward to in life. If you buy enough stuff, it becomes a treasure hunt to find your stuff. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast heard by worms. My name is Toby DePola, and here's a thought. CGI anim- adult animation doesn't exist. It's it's very weird, actually. Computer-generated imagery has taken over the world of animation in film, and it's pretty common in children's cartoons, I feel. Mm, yeah. Um, but the in the adult animation, not so much. My producer and co-host, Kyle, can you think of any popular CGI TV series that are like on par with like a Bob's Burgers? Because aside from this example, the only one I can really think of is Lucy, Daughter of the Devil. Mm. There's got to be some out there. I had a bit of a look around, but not really. I'm, I'm surprised that that's not a thing. Um, but today's topic, Dead to Try. Did it succeed? Not really. Ooh. But did it predict clown goth e-girls? Kind of. Kind of. Oh, look, I'll give it a win. Alright. So, Tripping the Rift. It first aired in March of 2004, but our podcast begins back around 1998. It began as the brainchild of Chuck Austin and Chris Mueller. Uh, Chuck was a comic book artist with a resume including JLA, Avengers, War Machine, and the X-Men, whilst Charles, I mean, whilst Chris, sorry, was a storyboard artist for The Simpsons and King of the Hill. Um, together they made a CGI short called Love and Darth, mm-hmm. which is uncensored and available on Reddit, of all places. Interesting. Yeah. Um, in, I'm going to go through the the original concept. It's close. Okay. You know, Captain Chode, your, your main boy, um, what does he look like? Um, he is... Small and purple with spots. He has like three dread tentacle dread tentacly things. You're thinking of three because he has the eyes like the fish in Simpsons. Oh yes, he has three eyeballs. And he's a dick. And he's a jerk. And he's mean. Yes, he has all those things and then some. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This this version has the same design and it's still voiced by C- Stephen Root. Um, I know him as Bill Dotry in King of the Hill, but Kai would probably remember him as Gideon's dad in Gravity Falls. The car salesman dude. Oh, yes. That's him. Um, he's also the older gentleman in the goggles in Dodgeball, but I don't know if you've seen that. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah, that one. That means I get to throw wrenches at children, right? Hmm. Um, the main difference between this um, sort of unofficial pilot and the actual pilot we get to later is the quality. Um, really? There's something out there that's worse? Well, yeah, it's not made by many people, and it was just to dump onto the internet. Similar to how South Park began, actually. Um, yeah, his mouth is really polygony and sharp when he talks. It's a bit gross. But yeah, he's still violent and mean. He argues with Gus, our C-3PO knockoff, and threatens to beat it the shit out of him with a baseball bat. Mm. Um, we then meet the most different of this group, Six. Ah, the 
cyborg sex slave. Yeah. Instead of the face, hair, and outfit the show ends up with, this one kind of looks like Tanya from Mortal Kombat. Very sharp bob, glowing white eyes, no pupils. Okay. Yeah, the, the only difference is she's wearing white instead of yellow. Um, she briefly offers a hand job before Darth, uh, before the Darth Clown Empire beams into the ship. Darth Bobo is exactly who he is in the show. Um, what do you think about him? Mm, he's, he's good, but he's a bit whiny. Okay. Um, yep. Do you uh, think we could get special co-star Bobo Jenkins to accidentally go by Darth Bobo? Just dress him up as a, as a clown with a lightsaber and just don't tell him. We'll, we'll Don't tell like him what we're planning. It's, it's a Star Wars episode. Oh yeah. Um. Do you, how do you feel about his stormtroopers? Um. I think they're adorable. They're just. They're, they're trying their best. They're like the cute. They're the cheapest, silliest looking stormtrooper knockoff. Hmm. I, I like their little heads. Um. Bobo desi- despises Chode from past events together, which carries on into the actual show. Um, it's expanded when we get to the real show, but it's a good spot here to explain it. So, in this version of space, it's on the cusp of a civil war between two groups. Mm-hmm. Um, the Darth Clown Empire, like we said. Uh, that's Darth with a PH, not a TH. For legal reasons. Of course. Um, yeah, obviously they're the Sith Empire, but with clowns. And then you've got the Galactic Federation, who are definitely just the Star Trek Federation. Yeah. Um, Chode and his crew are caught up in between these factions pretty regularly, um, as they are kind of shitty outlaws, not quite bounty hunters, but odd job kind of people. They are the Han Solo of the universe. Mm. But terrible. Yeah. And there's more than two of them. (gasps) They're the greater (laughs) of this universe. They are all Jar Jar Binks. I mean, yeah. It's a ship full of really annoying, <laughs> somewhat disgusting-looking aliens. Yeah. Anyway, in in this pilot, Chode and Bobo have a battle. Chode calls him a hard F, mm-hmm. which was the style of the time. Um, but yeah, shocking a little bit to see. I didn't realize this was uncensored until that gets thrown out. I was like, oh, all right, we're we're in the. This is the territory we're playing with. <laughs> we're before 9-11. Things are different here. <laughs> Things are a little different out here in the big city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep, so there's a lot of swearing, blood, and nudity overall. There is a woman blowing a party blower with her ass and clown makeup on her butt cheeks. That's pretty funny. It's surprising to see. Um, for a five-minute clip, it gets a lot done, uh, despite obviously missing a few characters. And aside from showed none of the voice actors are correct yet, but there it is. Hmm. Yeah. In 2002, it gets picked up by Cinegroup with assistance from Kyra of all places, Sci-Fi. Well, now we know why it didn't go for very long. This might be the longest-running Sci-Fi show we've ever committed to. This is true. Which is just shocking. Happy should have got that Halloween season. But at any rate, um, it plods along for a surprise in three seasons and gets a movie on its way out. Um, which is exactly lining up with Drawn Together's trajectory. Do you, do you see any common things between these two shows? Nope, Drawn Together is much better. I mean, it's it's still the let's just be cross and that's good enough 
kind of vibe. Big cross and eat ass. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that very extinct adult vibe. Yeah, much like Drawn Together or Stripperella or something. It's cross and it's very horny. Um, but I'm charmed by moments throughout, especially the fact that this style of comedy is layered over a Star Trek reality. Obviously, Futurama does the satire of sci-fi way better, but to take, like, the fancy future tropes and just make it dick and fart jokes, there's a big, there's a, there's a vast contrast there. Mm. And it's got that, you know, fuck you attitude that, that I usually, that appeals to me. So I explained the civil space conflict, but we got to go over our scumbag crew a little bit. We've got Stephen Root Chode, as I mentioned. Gus, the very gay robot, is voiced by Maurice LaMarche, who we know as, like, half of Futurama, from Morbo to Kiff to fucking pretty much everyone in the background. Mm. Um, we also have the sex sex android Six of One. Um, she's voiced by... Uh, half fuck- a dozen of the other. That's right. That's where that pun comes from. It's also a reference to a Star Trek character. Who okay. was called like seven of nine or some fucking other, something I mean, that's I not don't, a reference? Like I, I don't Star Trek. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah, so she's voiced by a lot of people in the pilot. It was Patricia Beekman, but then you have Gina Gershon for this seri- season, and one of my possible sexual origin points, Carmen Electra, in season two. Um. The third season and the movie was Jenny McCarthy, who is not. Um. The other. Melissa Ma- yeah. McCarthy. Who's not Melissa McCarthy. Because you have to Google that to check because you're confused by names. Mm. Um, yeah. The characters we haven't met yet, uh, we have Whip. How do you feel about Whip? Is that the lizard? Hmm. I like um, his piercing. Uh, I, I don't uh, know what a lizard's, um, gizzards are. <laughs> but he's got a piercing there. He's gobbleneck. Yeah. I don't know... His frog bag? If it's... Which season it's from. Hmm. But I do like the episode where he gets hunted for being stupid. Is this the one that has Gil, the creature from the Black Lagoon in it, and that's why you like it? No, I just like it because <laughs> it's the immediate thing of, we've been nice to him, we've been nice, we've been nice. Oh, he's real stupid. We kill him. Yeah. Off he goes. Um, inexplicably, he is a lizard nephew of Chode. Which makes sense, because Chode's not, Not a lizard. A <laughs> He's very purple. Mm. Um, he's voiced by Rick Jones. Um, the computer system on the chip, on the ship, Bob. sorry, is voiced by yeah John Melendez, Bob. Bob. And lastly, we have the mean, bitchy, six-limbed, three-titted monster Tanook. I don't like Tanook. Who is voiced by Gail Garfinkel. It's a fucking great name. <laughs> Not in much else. Um, I can see why. With a name like that, it's man. a somewhat grating voice. Yeah, but that's the point. I, I understand it's the point. I didn't say that it wasn't. I'm just saying. I'm going to be honest with you. Her voice is heavenly compared to, you know, checking in on Simpsons to see how Marge's voice actress is doing. Yeah, she's not doing okay. Whew. Um, yeah, before we jump into the show, we have to talk about the CGI. We do. It is the elephant in the room. It really is. If you're Googling as we talk... Like, to get some images and stuff, and you're like, what the fuck? The first season came out in 2004, the same year as Scooby-Doo 2, Garfield, and The Incredibles. Mm. The Scooby-Doo model still holds up surprisingly well today. 
Um, Garfield doesn't have a drop shadow in a lot of scenes. Can I introduce which stands Garfield out? news? Go on. There is a voice actor mm-hmm. on TikTok. Okay. Who has done an impression of, of Matt, Matt Berry. Berry? I watched it today too. Doing Garfield quotes. Because I mean, it is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, see what I mean? I said it was like not the dumbest idea when I saw it. Um, but all of these things, especially Incredibles, have something called a big budget. Booyah. And crew members. Ah, that cast. Yeah. Um, Tripping the Rift is more on par with, say, Dragon Booster of the same year. Or that, um, Gross Bratz TV show the year after. Do you no. remember how that looked? No, I was too old for Bratz. Yeah, I was too old too, but you would look at it and you'd go, nope. Ew, and then you would change the channel. It is one of the most... Bratz and I got along as well as Rebecca Black and I. Oh. I still haven't heard that song all the way through. Yeah, well, and now it's just at that point where I'm like, I can't. It's too late to go back. Because someone was like, I'll play it for you. And I'm like, no. All right, all right. Here here you go. Um, This show, Tripping the Rift, Mm -hmm. is older than Jane and the Dragon. I know you've seen that, and I know you've seen how awful the CGI is in that. It's that. That is period piece. It looks like a foot. (laughs) It looks better than this. It looks like foot fungus. It looks better than this. I, I, I disagree. Like, I do not disagree. I agree. You're holding it, it in a nostalgia rose tinted glass. No, because this is supposed to be futuristic, so it should be cleaner <laughs> than it is. Whereas Jane and the Dragon is medieval, med- medieval, hmm. and so it's okay if it's a little bit foggy and dirty. So what they've done is had an excuse. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's what you're telling me. All right. So it's like when you watch like a f- a thing that's set in the future. Mm. But it's got flip phones. Yeah, okay. Um, Like, you have no excuse. You could have come up with anything, and you chose not to. The one real problem I have with the CG in Tripping the Rift is set design. Because they go to a lot of unique, special, like, cool places. But there's nothing, like, in the background at any point. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, <sighs> empty space. That's, and that's what I'm getting at here. They, they don't, like, it's fine if you use the forest the could use a couple more trees, you know, etc. Yeah. It's, one, it's those sort of things. Um, but you watched episode one for this podcast? I did, I was told to. Mm-hmm. I'm very obedient. How'd it go? Um, it's okay. You can tell that they, like... Oh, you want me to actually, like... Yes! <laughs> explain the episode. Just give us a bit of a rundown, because I think they definitely chose what was going to be their first episode to make a statement. Because they run I over assumed, God. <laughs> I assumed those two characters were the most fleshed-out characters, so that's why they use them. You mean Gus and... Gus and Cho. Because it's Gus, isn't it? Yeah, the robot. So it's the most Gus you get in the whole fucking show so far for me. I'm nearly having, done with season two, by the way. They're having an argument on the ship mm-hmm. about why do androids and robots and that kind of thing believe in God? And I like their like answer of if we don't believe in like something a, a mightier being, 
we have to believe in like the like acne covered jerking off like fat geeks that built us so we all believe in god instead i'd rather believe in god than that stupid um vietnamese dude that made 2019 chucky yeah which has traumatized me into bringing it up like every episode since but that's that's their argument for why god must be real it's got to be better than all other things so Chode decides that rather than dealing with this argument, he's going to take Gus back in time to the Big Bang mm-hmm. in order to meet God. They time travel is a remarkable there. amount in this show. When you go back over the episode list, like, we're not going to talk about it here because we're doing season one, but that Roswell episode is something to behold. Mm. Not necessarily for the right reasons, but I'm impressed by the amount of time travel. I mean, it's futuristic. It's, it's sci-fi, I guess. It falls into the category. But, so they go to basically a normal airport. Yeah. Um, to catch their time jump thing. It turns out that it's more of like an arcade ride. So Cho decides to steal the ship. Because somehow they just get left on the ship while everyone else leaves. They go to the future, uh, no, to the past, to the Big Bang. Mm -hmm. And Chode's like, see, there's no such thing as God. And as they're getting back on the plane, you see God is smooshed under the plane wheels. Yeah, they have their own info. They get back to the airport, and everything is love and happiness and, um, everyone's like, oh no, I love this person that I previously hated and we're actually dating and having sex and it's a wonderful time. That's what I mean. It's not. It's a weird episode to start on because it doesn't really spend a lot of time with a lot of the main characters. No. But Tripping the Rift wanted to start with killing God and proving the world's better off without him. Mm. That was their statement off the bat to be like, yeah, this is kind of how we're doing this. And then because Trode and Gus remember what it was like before, mm-hmm. they start explaining stealing and people start, like, becoming horrible people. It's like the and invention of lying. And because it doesn't help Chode in any way, he decides to go back in time to unkill God. So then they have to steal the plane again, beat themselves there, Explain to God what's going to happen and what he's going to do to, like, survive it. And so he chucks them under the plane. And yeah. he's like, hey, hey, hey. Okay, good. The end. Hmm. And what did you think of the overall thing? They I like picked, the airport. They picked a real issue to go with. That's what I mean. Like, they... I don't feel like they really let it pay off. Probably not. The end. Yeah. I liked. I liked the airport. I don't remember it really well, but I remember liking seeing all the different aliens and stuff. Because that's one thing the show does really well. Alien design is awesome. And you see it... I know it's recycling, like, character designs and shit, but I like that certain species are prominent throughout the galaxy. Yeah, I always like that. I like the balance, because there's a lot of humans, but there's a lot of... I like the ones with the boomerang-shaped head. Mm. See a lot of those kicking around. Um, I started my notes with episode two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's titled Mutilation Ball. 
Um, it is named after the confusing sport of the same name. It opens with Chode and Six dirty dancing together while Chode waits for the mutilation ball game to start. I think I love their relationship. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's, um... It's, it's a little toxic and red flaggy, but so was Alan Peggy. So what can you do? Okay. Yeah. Um, look, Six is a sex android purchased by Chode. Um, but she's chill about it. In fact, she might be the chillest sentient AI android I have ever seen in anything. I mean, she's probably programmed. Six is so much happier than anyone in Standalone Complex or Near Automata or any of the AI robots we mentioned in 2019's Child's Play episode. Mm. You're really stuck on that, aren't you? Well, I've I've had a huge list of AIs, but I lost it because I used it already. But, you know, you got like the major in Ghost in the Shell trying to work out who she was before and, you know, the Tachikomas learning sentience and all that sort of stuff. And But she's like, yeah, I have a role and it's love this man who's like my fake husband. Mm. She has, she has like opinions and emotions about everything. But she's like, yeah, I, I love this guy. It's cool. <laughs> you know? What else are you going to do? Just, you never see robots that just chill. The second they give a robot emotions, they want to they wanna go to the big city and work with Big Weld or whatever the fuck that movie was about. Mm. It's very rare. They're like, yeah, yeah, this is my place, and I'm, I'm cool with that. So you mean that she actually fulfills her job as a robot? Yeah, but she's happy with it. She doesn't have that um, Ariel from Little Mermaid being like, this is my life, but I want more. Mm. I have a bunch of forks. Yeah, she, she doesn't have that moment, which almost all androids have. Either that or they go evil. Which she doesn't particularly do either. No, she doesn't, does she? She's more like the Lisa Simpson of the group, honestly. They are a little bit. Yeah. Um, anyway, this sport, this mutilation ball, I do not understand it. It's on a basketball court. The players have a chainsaw hand for killing, but we see fouls if the chainsaws are used. So I don't know. Um, the Confederation team aren't any good. Since their um their star player has retired, and mm-hmm. this matters because the Federacy is due to have a match soon against the Darth Clown Empire, uh, and as I mentioned earlier, there's like a whole fighting. yeah, they're not friends. That's right. So what began as a game for bragging rights has become maybe some big gambling. So the Feder the the, the Federation boards Chode ship and requests that he finds their retired champion Malik. In return, they claim. They will drop charges made on Chode by, you know, for his lifetime of scumbaggery. Mm-hmm. Um, so the crew sets off to find Malik. Uh, they go to the location that the Confederacy gave them and capture him easily enough to uh, get him onto the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, they tase him with an electric dildo to the butt. I mean, it would work. It's not even the first time I've seen that trick used, thanks to Raw Hero. Mm. I hate that things like this don't shock me anymore, but there it is. I'm less of a person. So once aboard, Malik wakes up to find Tanook is his nurse. Um, she proceeds to rape his dick off and kill him. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, good news, bad news, though. The good news, she's not a murderer. Malik was a robot anyway. Hmm. Bad news, in a surprisingly smart move for the show as a whole, the Confederacy built a perfect Malik robot and then left it somewhere for Chode to find and deliver. 
That way, if anything goes wrong in the game, or it's revealed to be a fake, they can just say, Chode did it. Mm. So now the crew need to find the original real quick. The fact that it has, like, a built-in double cross, I was kind of like... For for a bunch of dick and poop jokes, I'm impressed by this Suicide Squad fucking twist. Yeah, I'll give give them. I didn't think that they were smart enough to do something like that. Exactly. I was was pretty impressed when I was watching it. Um, So when they find the real one... He is a hairy, fat-ass living it up on a party planet with his big-titted cat-girl wife. I mean... Fun fact, the year after this... This is just like a a meta-commentary about the show. Okay. The year after this episode aired, Mm -hmm. the Midwest Fur Fest, one of the biggest furry conventions in the world... Yep. um, ...only had a thousand attendees when it first sort of got the ball rolling... But by 2020, the same convention had, um... 2020? Yeah, 2020, last year. Okay. Um, it had... What did I say? 2020. Yeah. But, you know, COVID was last year, so I didn't think a convention one had. Even with those limitations, it had about 12,000 attendees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This show predicted furry action. Just, <laughs> just wanted to point that out. Everything is either, like, a crude joke... Or a sex joke. Nice. So this show inadvertently predicts a lot of, like, weird fetishes now. <laughs> so it would be on King Top. Futurama's a better show. But 20, 2008 had come and gone, and I still don't have a suicide booth. This is predicting a lot of sexual things. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, I just want to, I want to give this show any gold star I can, because... It's not a great show. Yeah, I'm going to give it where I can. Yep. So, yeah. Um, anyway, she is clearly using Malik for his money, you know, putting him on cereal boxes and toilet paper and all sorts of things. But, you know, after distracting this weird euphemism for a cougar, Chode Six and Gus kidnap the real Malik, stuff him into a girdle, shave him and shoot him up with adrenaline before dumping him directly into the match. Nice. Uh-huh. Um, I love the daft clowns in this show. They're, they're, they're probably some of my favourite part of the show. Because mm-hmm. they're probably the the most unique, strange thing in the show. Yeah, okay, I can see that. I'm sure their designs are probably like taken from like IPC or something. ICP, yeah. Inclined. You're saying clown posse. Inclined clown posse. Yeah, they've got a juggalo aesthetic to them. Yes. But Sith. Kind of. Yeah, but yeah, I think they're fun in this. I like Darth Vader. Um, we don't see much... how many times clowns pop up? A lot, because he's, like, the main villain. No, I mean, not just in this show. Like, I don't really think about clowns a lot, but a lot of the stuff that we cover has clowns. Clowns are fun. They're just, you know... They, they're used spaciously because no one likes clowns. But the more that we do this podcast, the less I think that they're... It's because we dicked around like, doing Ronald McDonald for way too long. This is true. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't see a lot of the match here, which is a problem because I was trying to figure out the rules for this podcast. I was trying to work out what the fuck the go is. Mm-hmm. There's like a sideways hoop at each end. Like, they f- they gave that guy a foul for dismembering the other player. So is it murder ball from a leader? No, because that's, that's roller derby, more or less. But they have side hoop. They do. It's it's like... That thing's more like fucking golden snitch roller derby. 
Whereas this is like basketball, but with a chainsaw. I think basketball would be much more entertaining with a chainsaw. Anyway, well, I'm trying to work out these rules. The game stops abruptly. Because of all the adrenaline, Malik's heart explodes out of his chest and he fucking dies. Right, right. The game is cancelled and all the bets are off. So no harm done between the Federation no and the and the Darth Empire. Um, and Catherine, the cat wife, sells the rights to his life story and she's happy in about about one more business deal and all, ever, literally uh, all is well. Everyone happy. Yeah, the end. Lovely. Um, episode three... Mm-hmm. We're not going through every single episode, but I I, I wanted to cover two because it mentions some of the clown confederation stuff. Yeah, and episode three is probably one of my highlights of the overall season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the beauty pageant mystery. No, no, sorry, it's the beauty pageant murder mystery in space. Okay. Uh, it is called Miss Galaxy Five Thousand. I don't know if that's the year this show's taking place in, but whatever. The, the plot is based around Chode getting his grimy little hands on a judge's pass for the Miss Galaxy pageant. His scheme is to enter six and have her win so they can take home the million dollar prize. Mm-hmm. Six is immediately not on board. As I said, she's kind of the Lisa Simpson, so she finds that stuff super offensive and objectifying. Again, let's consider that this is a sex android program to love a short poor purple bastard who's literally named Chode. He is a bit of a chode. Mm. I like that her role as an android is very separate to her personality. Hmm. You know? Um, Six ends up agreeing to do it in, you know, she's going to try to inspire girls watching to find beauty in all things, not just tits and lipstick. Powerful. That's it for what, what her reasoning is. Um, but while entering the pageant, Chode sees a hot clown girl. That's that's second point on predicting weird fetishes. Clown girl honk posting is a very prominent Facebook group I'm in. Yeah, but you're in it. High five. No. Fuck you. She high five me, listeners. She did not she she high five himself. <laughs> nah, I would never do that. That's shameful. Listeners, you you know the truth. This hot clown girl yourself. is Babette, who is Darth Bobo's daughter. Turns out he has the, literally the exact same plan as Chode. Well, that's. Good. So at this point, 50% of the judges are lying and faking IDs to get in. Yeah. Very good. From here out, the objectification of women stuff gets pretty early 2000s harsh. Um, it even makes an asshole like me go like, whoa, dude. You mm. know? Especially quotes being like, let's have these women parade out like the cattle they are. and st- Things like that where I'm like, wow, this aired. But that's... It's it's a sling against pageantry as a whole. I I feel like but they're this really show leaning into it. Tries very hard to like touch big issues and like call public attention to things, but they don't do it well. So it comes off as well. They're jerk burgers. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're wrong. I think. A lot of like dark comedy and harsh comedy and really offensive comedy does shed a lot of light on things that maybe people don't want to fucking talk about. That, that was always my stance on things. I don't know if the show does it particularly well. But the thing, That's I don't think they do it well, so stuff. you're like, oh, that didn't 
land how it was supposed to. But it's like, I need to aim to be better than this. Mm. It sets a nice achievable bar. Very low. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it does have its good aspects, though, too. Um, I really like Six's speech about being more than just a blow-up sex doll, offending an alien who is literally a blow-up sex doll-looking alien. Mm. She can't help being born like that, Kyle. I, f- I feel that. You object... <laughs> You, um, you self-identify as a blow-up doll, is that what you're telling me? No. She's checking. She's she's good. She's not deflating. Just emotionally deflated. Um, what else did I like? Um, I liked the reveal that Tanook is actually, like, a total babe on her planet. Mm. She ends up entering the competition as well. She's really ugly. I know, but the dude doing the attendance sheet is this, a similar species. So when she's out the front protesting, being like, women's bodies shouldn't be objectified like this, he's like, damn girl. And she's like, you think I'm pretty? And he's like, dude. Like, dude. And she's like, I'm entering the pageant. So her, her, um, morality is called into question pretty quickly. Um, and of course, it has the classic staple of early 2000s adult animation. Mm Mm-hmm. Usually you can actually get her on as a guest, but this just um, just references Pamela Anderson instead. Do you have a favourite Pamela Anderson showing up in adult cartoons? Scooby-Doo. Ooh, that is a good pull. She just I didn't randomly even think of that shows one. up, hugs Fred, <coughs> like, high-fives the group and leaves. I really... There was no reason for her to be in that film. That was weird as shit for me as a kid because I didn't know who the fuck that was. But she steps out of the car. The camera like holds on the, it for a little no, bit no. to be like, "Look, guys!" She's and I was in like, the "Mystery what? machine." Yeah, I didn't know who the fuck Why she was. Why is she in the mystery machine? She drove through the wolf to save. Yeah, just they were fine. They didn't need. They saving. were fine. They didn't need saving. She was she, hooning in the car park and it went awry. Bathroom and then gets out, stops, hugs Fred, and then is like, "So what happened?" Yeah, great. Right. It makes no sense. Made me mad. (laughs) It makes me madder now, because I'm like, that was... Why? Why did that choice? I like that she was literally just... I don't know. It's weird that I find her stuff, like... Maybe it's because it's cheesier. I find her stuff funny, but I I don't have time for, like... The Kardashian celebrity stuff. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. (laughs) And... Pamela Anderson was fun. Everyone post Paris Hilton's not as fun. Mm. Everyone's serious and probably sad. I only remember Paris Hilton popping up in that one screen movie. Mm. House of Wax? I don't know. I just I remember The Simple Life. House of Wax, I'm pretty sure it was. Mm. I'm thinking of the one where they had to go be poor. No, that was her show. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, no, moment. I'm thinking of when she was in the horror movie. Yeah, that's House of Wax. Yeah. That's that's a pop-up appearance. Her own show is not a pop-up appearance. I don't know, but, like, they were... Bimbos through time are always very important in the culture for some reason. Because people are stupid. Goes all the way back to Cleopatra. Mm. Um, so in the dressing rooms, Babette, after finishing literally purging herself in the bathroom, um, you know, bulimia jokes there, um, she pulls a gun on Six. The gun is only a bang flag joke gun by accident, though. 
Mm. I like Babette's quote being like, if this isn't the real gun, oh no, a children's birthday is going really bad right now. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, inside Six's locker is a dead girl. Upon the corpse is a note that says, I killed her, signed Six. Um, Chode comes in during this commotion and uses his knowledge of babes to conclude that the lipstick on the note is in jungle red, which is not Six's colour, it's Babette's. Um, that said, the note is written on paper with balloon animals, like, absconced on it or whatever, printed on it, watermarked, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you don't really need his help too much there. But um, Six loves him for saving her, and it's nice, it's cute, it's silly, and the clowns leave the room, and no one seems to tell a cop about it. Nah. <laughs> so we hit the actual pageant ceremony. At this point, there are only four contestants left, because three more are dead. Um, you have Six, Babette, Tanook, and Spamela Anderslot. Oh, I wonder who that could be. Her boobs are so big, they have a little walking frame under them that they sit upon. I need one of those. <laughs> Um, so all these dead contestants have been killed with, like, red ball noses and balloon animals and shit. Mm -hmm. I love that Chode's detective work in this episode could have been done by a literal child, because it's all clearly the clownest shit. Yeah. And it's not a red herring either, like, Babette did it. I mean... I, just, I love that he's, like, on the case, it's like, literally anyone passing by <laughs> could do what you're doing, so... No, he's great. No. Again, no one seems to get in trouble, you know, and the pageant continues on. Six wins, that's great, good for her, but Tanook gets her disqualified because she's a bot. Um, she then reveals that Babette was the killer, so she escapes and doesn't take her prize either, and then she just pushes Spamela off the stage. So, she ends up the winner, and the gang get their riches. I think it's a fun episode because of all the clown stuff, and I always like having Darth Bobo around. He's an interesting one. He's a, he's a good time. He always Is says he? hello Chode in, in a way that makes me think of the hello Joe quote from Simpsons, which I don't know is on purpose or not. Mm. Yeah. Um, you had another episode that you watched? So I watched episode 10. Okay. Aliens, Guns, and a Monkey. I like monkeys. Uh, I only watched this because then I didn't have to change the DVD in the play. Oh, I see. I was wondering why you picked this one, because there's... Just, I could tell just from the titles, I was like, yeah, there's some memorable stuff in here. And you were like, I want this one. I was like, alright. Well, I, I had between 6 and 10. Mm. Um, and I went with 10. Oh yeah, 10 episode seasons. No, nice easy binge, in and out, good this stuff. This says 13 in season 1. Ah, oh. yeah, yeah, it is 13 then. Still, still they go by pretty quick. Episode, yeah, it's it's... 13 all right. for all of them. I'm oh, sorry. so you had the middle disc. Yeah. Alright, I'm on track again. Okay, so Chode and his crew mm. are transporting a monkey diamond, which is a Christmas decoration bauble with a monkey inside it. Apparently, this is very expensive. People yeah, will play diamond. much money for them. Um, This particular one is a crooner. He's, he sings sweet songs. Mm -hmm. um, Bob decides whether they go left or right. 
and he's like, Chode, which one should we go? And Chode picks one, and everyone's like, you shouldn't go that way because it's very close to the planet. And he's like, I said that way, I'm the captain, we're going that way. So they crash. Of course. Um, and when they get down onto the planet, it's the gun planet? So apparently it's, the, planet. it's the safest planet in the galaxy. Mm. But that's because everybody has guns and are very happy to shoot anything that moves, including the ship. Um, and so they have to go through like a processing plant that takes all of their weapons off them and puts a little like floaty alien bull in charge of them. Um, when they get there, they have trouble with money and, like, sorting out what they're trying to do. They get robbed by a bunch of kids at gunpoint. Mm, so they I go and talk is. to the governor, and he's like, look, I'll fix everything if you can get my pacifist son to, like, come and have a meeting with me. And they're like, that can't be too hard. So they go to do that. When they, they find him and they're like trying to appeal to the son's better judgment. They're like, you know, you can't hold your dad's decisions against him just because he's a rat bastard. And the son's like, okay, I'll come and see him, I guess. And he gets there and it turns out that his dad is indeed a rat bastard. And so they just start shooting each other. Nice, nice Red Dead Redemption shootout. Yeah, in and Chode just is like, I'm gonna steal my monkey diamond back and I'm gonna leave. Because hmm. you guys are crazy. But it talks a lot about, like, gun reform and if everyone has a gun, how safe is anyone? And stuff like that. But again, it doesn't really, like, settle anything. Nah. So it, it Looks, brings up a lot of really good points about Gun Toten South, and then it's just like, the end. See, South Park, in the same vein, likes to bring up a lot of controversial topics, mm -hmm. and it usually hits both sides, and it usually points out the problems with both sides, and then usually comes to like a healthy middle ground towards the end when Kyle says, I learned something today, and then... The speech happens. Yeah. Whereas this show doesn't do that part. No. <laughs> it's like, yeah, everyone sucks. Bye. <laughs> I think I think that's why it's not as good. Because it's like we're going to talk about these big issues, but not well. Yeah. Like, I I got distracted halfway through my rant, and I've petered off. The end. You forgot what you brought it up for in the yeah. first place, and you're like... I, I started this story, I don't know why I started this story, now I'm finishing it. Yeah. And I feel like that's problematic. Hmm. The end. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to go to the final episode of the show. Of the season. Of the season. Not the show. I will, I will never fucking know, because season three is like a $200 DVD for some fucking reason. yeah. Goddamn scalpers. Um, the, like, the final episode of the season is a, it's a little bit flat, honestly. Like, there isn't anything wrong with it, but it's very focused on Six's AI, and that's about it. Like, for a, for a finale, it doesn't share much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's called Android Love, and it begins with Tanook and Six going to a male strip club, which is playing the worst legal approximation of YMCA I think I've ever heard. You know when you can tell a fake song is supposed to sound like a thing? Yeah. I I, I like when songs start and you're like, oh, it's this song, and then it's not either of the two songs that you thought it was going to be, and you're like, oh. Um... Yeah, while Six points out that the men there are all cyber slaves, Tanook points back saying that so she, and frankly being a stripper is probably better than loving Chode, mm. which is rude, but you know. Um, I hurt. So the next stripper there is a cowboy named Six has this grim backstory about how he ran a small revolution in a daft clown um, colony and a bunch of the sex bots there escaped. Um, he helped her escape in that, so, you know, she, you know, she ended up wherever Chode got to her, I guess. Um, after his dance, they talk a little bit backstage before him and his group are attacked by bounty hunters, because he's still a wanted fugitive. Um, Six helps them escape and leaves Tanook behind to hitchhike back to the ship and update the crew on what's going on. Um, Chode tries to play it cool that she um, has abandoned him. Um, and orders a new sex bot, despite clearly missing his six. Yeah. Which is cute. I understand that. When you've been fucking something for a couple of years. It, you sound like you're referencing, like, the Reddit shoebox or the cum jar or something without actually referencing that stuff. No, I, I think you're accidentally like, referencing. When, when you've been having sex with someone for a few years, it's, it's sad if they just... Yeah. Um, a bounty hunter tracks him down as the owner of Six and tells him she will end up probably getting factory reset with the others. Mm. Meanwhile, she is on the run with a few of, of the androids, but is second-guessing her emotions um, and whether they're real or not. She wonders if she loves Chode or, like, loves Chode. You know, like... Which, um, in another episode, when she has to, like, seduce a, a governor or something, they take a disc out of the back of her head. Which was for Chode, but then they just put in one for the, for this um governor instead. Mm. So I, it's pretty straightforward, but I think she identifies with her usual settings, yeah. so to speak. You know, it's like I identify as my. I, I feel more like me if I'm wearing these shoes. If I'm wearing a different pair of shoes, I'm still me. But uh, I don't know. Mm. I think it's. Some, I understand that. Yeah, it's, kinda. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um. Yeah, it's kind of the only time she really does the android, like the do androids dream of electric sheep sort of stuff. Um, you know, and I think it's funny because it's the other androids sort of pushing that second guessing onto her. Yeah. Like when she's with normal people, she doesn't really think about it. But when you're around your own kind of different. Mm. Um, when they're almost caught and hope is almost lost. Ten realises he would rather die who he is than be factory reset. And that's mm. him having emotions. Look at him go. He's learning. Um, anyway, Chode saves all of them, and Six knows he loves his dumb, fat, rude, mean, selfish ass, and they live happily ever after. That's nice. And, see, I like it as a season finale, but it's weirdly lacking in, like, pretty much every other character. Yeah. You know? It really is. It's not really a great show. It tries, and it kind of gets there, but at the same time, it doesn't get there. 
it tries it enough where you're like, oh yeah, I see what you were aiming for, but it's definitely not like going to win an award or something. Yeah. Um, is that your overall thought on the on the thing? Yeah. Would you recommend it though? I didn't realize how like much of a pioneer it is for really early CGI. There was nothing before this. Two thousand four. I think I think if, there was maybe one or two really small examples in two thousand three, but this is like the birth of computer generated imagery on television. If you're interested in it, sure. If you're eh, no. It's it's not something it's that one I don't those, feel you'll like know people, if you like it. I don't feel like people should go and seek it out. But if you like that's your niche, why not? Go if you like hole. the immature stuff, or you like it's, but it's the nostalgia even, of early CG, if, if, then there's something in it for you, I feel. If you're in that historical, you know, lost media bubble. I feel like this is sitting right at lost media territory. That's why they're paying hostage fucking money for season three. That's, that's <coughs> what I'm getting at. <laughs> I feel like you have to be like that bubble. I like to find things that are, that bubble, are rare, baby. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are you ready for homework? Oh, dang. Um, you get an android. Thank God. So, in that final episode, she says to Ten, yeah, she's a sex bot, mm-hmm. but she's also been upgraded to be the ship's fucking something intelligent. I forget specifics. Analysis? Analysis? She's something smart on mm. the spaceship. So the fact that she can be upgraded to do other things as well, I say you are given an android. Yeah. Obviously, you don't have to have sex with it. Calm down. Wasn't planning on it anyway. <laughs> I know. Um, but what would what what would you give it the purpose of? What's something you would love to have a, a humanoid android kicking around the house for? It's the opposite me. You want one that's energetic. And if happy? I need it, if I need it to go to work. <laughs> oh, I see. And work for the day. It goes to work and works for the day. So you would have it but download if I a bunch it, of, like, teaching stuff. If I need it at home, mm. you know, cleaning the house, doing the laundry, ringing up about the rates, it does that. Mm. Because I had the argument today that you can't have both. You can't be doing well at your job and doing well at your home life. You can only have one. It's a triangle of sleep, home life, and work or something, I forget. Well, I want all. I wouldn't. I'm not even using it for sleeping. Okay, you've got that locked down. I would be like, "Hey, I'm going to work for the day. I'll see you at three. Clean the house." And then I'd be like, "Hey, I don't feel like going to work today. You go to work today. I think that's that's how like most sex androids will end up once they're to that level." I'm Um, not interested in sexing it. No, my I went way more specific. Of course you did. I felt like I needed to. I don't know why. I made up the question. I didn't have rules. Um, I just wanted it to mow the lawn. Mm. And I, and I would, it would wear a big straw hat and shorts, and it would go along with the lawnmower, and it would wave and say, like, nice weather to anyone that passes by and is willing to listen. It doesn't matter if the weather's good or not. Oh, I don't have the dishes. <laughs> you have a dishwasher already. I understand that, but I had the problem... <coughs> That I loaded the dishwasher and I turned it on, and then I got hungry, so I ate brunch, because it was like 11, but it was my breakfast, 
and then I had these plates on the side, oh, and no. I didn't want to wash them, and the dishwasher was already running. Do you see my problem? I see your problem. So you want the dad from iRobot? No, not fucking iRobot. Robots. Yeah. <laughs> the dad from Robots. Cool. But I don't want him to want to sex me. Because I don't seen, think he had I've sex. Seen, no, his his baby came in the mail. He had I've to build seen that. robots, hmm. and it would break off either in me or on me or around me, or I'd be squirted with hot oil, and I'm not into that life. I see. I'm also open to being piggybacked to work on a fast-running robot. Nah. <laughs> you get too many bugs in your teeth. I'd be behind it. I'm on a back. I'm on a piggyback. No, you would get bugs in your teeth, because mm. you would pop your head out every now and then. What for? Because I know you. I'd be looking around. <laughs> all right, then. Um... Oh, no, I've got it. What do you got? An Android to catalogue. Oh, librarian. Librarian So that I don't have to. Holy shit, yeah, that'd be good. He'd know where to find my Hot Wheels car. Exactly. Oh, man. All right, so... so... And he's in... (laughs) They're an Android, so you could be like, can you please find this? Yes, of course. That will be located in this room, in this space, on this shelf, behind these two issues. And you're like, oh, I have those two issues. And after they go, and after they go and get it, it, they're chill, and they're not like freaking out about what their role is in the world, and they'll just go and hang out because six is chilled out. But then you could take it to a convention with you Uh and be like, "Hey, buddy, can it be muscly enough to like do a Batman so we can keep being sidekicks because neither of us are ripped?" Hey, buddy. Do you remember what issues of this comic I was after? Oh. And because yeah, yeah. he's got this inbuilt memory, he'll be like, "Yes, sir. You are after issues." Do 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 do. I find it pretty variant. Like, do I need this one? He's like, "No, for fuck's sake, stop buying that issue." And then, <laughs> and then I would upgrade him, and he would be like, "You do not need it, sir, but it would look very nice with a gold signature in this location." Ooh. And I wouldn't have to do that job anymore. Okay, good. That's that's it. That's what I want. Librarian robots a good one. I like that one. We have settled. We've come to an agreement, and that's what this podcast is all about. And he can mow the lawn when he's not cataloging. Okay. And do the dishes. I can handle. I want a housebot. I know you want a housebot, but not like Peggy when she's a house. Smart house. Yeah, I don't want that. She has existential problems, man. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't. don't Six is just kicking back. She's like, yeah, it's my job to do the smart computer stuff and to like sex this absolute pig but like uh, it's cool it's who I am I guess I'm fine with it okay well on that note I'm leaving yep you are who you are um don't stress about it I guess, <laughs> I guess. thank you to producer Kaya for coming I'm here uh I've been your host Toby DePola um dig around for weird CGI on TV you never know um Remember to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, do all the things, and class dismissed.